Good morning. Good morning. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity, Lord, to, to come before your throne of grace, another opportunity to learn and grow, Lord. And Lord, today, uh, as the country and as our personal lives start to open back up to the rest of the world, Lord, there, there's still some uncertainty and there's still questioning and, and people are still trying to figure out what to do and what not to do and, and, and how soon to do it, Lord. So, Lord, my prayer for us this morning is that you give us wisdom, Lord. Uh, my prayer is that you give us wisdom, Lord, that no matter what decisions are being made, that we do what is the wisest uh, course of action for ourselves, for our families, for our children, Lord. Lord, that, that we use wisdom, Lord, when we uh, are at home, that we use wisdom, Lord, when we are going out to the grocery stores or back to the gyms or, or, or when our children are, are out to play or whatever it is, when we're fellowshipping with other people, Lord, that we use wisdom for our personal uh, selves, Lord, uh, regardless of what else uh, anyone else is telling us to do or what are the suggestions everyone else has, Lord. Lord, we know that there are rules that we must abide by, Lord, but we also know, Lord, that, that the wisdom that you can give us, Lord, supersedes all understanding, Lord, supersedes all laws, Lord, and, and supersedes uh, any type of conditions, Lord. So my prayer, Lord, uh, for uh, all that are listening, Lord, is that you uh, endow each and every one of us, Lord, with the spirit of wisdom, Lord, just to know what to do, when to do it, and how That's to right. do it. In Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, we've got a couple of announcements here, so listen up. Don't forget, today at 1230, there will be a fellowship here at the church in the parking lot. Uh, some of you may want to come at noon. Uh, there will be people here. Uh, we will direct you where to park and how to park and all of that. So if some of you would like to get here a little early, around noon, uh, there will be some of us here to, uh, to assist you and direct you. This will be strictly for the parking lot, for everyone to get together in fellowship uh, in the parking lot. The building will be open if someone needs to go to the restroom or, or whatever. So that is today at noon or 12.30, whichever is best for you, and we'll hang out and we'll catch up with one another. Uh, also, we uh, will be continuing live streaming when church starts back up, but the equipment has not arrived yet. So you'll still be able to catch the sermons uh, on the church website, on YouTube, on all this, the streaming areas that you're watching now. It'll just be later in the day on Sunday until we get our live streaming equipment. Then you'll be able to watch us live. All right. Next thing is we are opening next week, June 21st. It's Father's Day. It's also our pastor's birthday. As you know, he only allows us to bless him twice a year. This is one of those times. We'll have a box on the offering table in the lobby. Drop a card in there or bless him in whatever way uh, you see fit. We'll have that out there for two weeks, all right? And speaking of opening, we will have two services starting next week. The first service will be at 9 a.m. The first service is for people who don't have children. That will be single people, couples, senior citizens, older people who want to come to the earlier service, that will be specifically for you, those who do not have children. The second service will be at 1045. That service is for families that have small children. Your children will be sitting with you the entire service. We are not opening the Sunday school rooms just yet. All right, so that second service is for families with small children. 1045 is the second service, 9 o'clock the first service. Everyone who comes into the building over the age of five must have a face mask on. If your child is under the age of five, we will leave that to your discretion if they can handle wearing a face mask. Everyone is required to have a face mask. If you don't bring a face mask with you, we will supply you with a face mask. We are very serious about this. Pastor is very adamant about this. If you do not want to wear a face mask, you will not be allowed to fellowship with us. Simple as that. I'll say that again. If you don't bring a face mask with you, we will have some to give to you. If you don't want to wear a face mask, we will not allow you to fellowship with us. All right, we've got to stay safe. We've got to keep that wisdom that I just prayed about. I believe that is everything. Did I forget anything, Pastor? All right, Sister Maylin.
Good morning. beautiful beautiful song and as Isaac mentioned what we're doing is until we figure things out you all be patient with us we're doing it for your safety we don't want to be one of these churches where a lot of people come to service and they get sick after it's over we're doing it for safety till we figure it all out and we'll all be back in here and uh, uh, families bring your children I'm no longer with the service is no longer than about an hour anyway and if you want to bring something for them to write on bring something from them to write on and and uh, some may want to stay for uh, the second. There'll be plenty of room. But we just want to make sure that uh, those that have children are with their families. So we'll, we'll have more room than you think. And we're just doing this to figure it all out. There's a lot of things going on right now that is that in this country that, is, that should be addressed. And uh, we, are, we are not addressing those things uh, because there's a lot of other things that's distracting us from addressing those things. Domestic violence is at an all-time high. Child abuse is at an all-time high. And this is because households, people are getting frustrated and they say stressed out and, it's, and they're taking this out on other people. The, 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 the problem of it is is sometimes we're not spiritually grounded enough uh, and we haven't prepared ourselves spiritually for a situation like staying at home. And I'll just call it the virus. This virus has got everybody staying home, and people are finding out 
that they don't have the love that they should have for one another. This is one of the greatest tests there is because usually we're only with our families for three or four hours. They go to school, go to work, come home, take them to sports practice, back, eat, go to sleep, and start all over again. But now we have people that are in the house with each other and causing a lot of issues, but it shouldn't call issues. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about today is how we need to treat each other. We're talking Christians now. This has nothing to do with all this other stuff. I'm talking Christian people and how are you living in your home? You see, sometimes it's just like uh, uh, today when people are out talking and fellowshipping. Or, or, or I know the guys sometimes when we come in early, when we were all in church, we'd talk about sports, we'd talk about this, so we talk about that. But one of the things that we're neglected to talk about as men and women is how are you treating your husband? How's your husband treating you? How are you treating your wife? How's your wife treating you? How are you treating the kids? How are the kids treating each other? So this, this church here, you know, our teaching is basically a spiritual teaching of individualism, how we are going to please God. You see, the only person you need to really impress is God. The only person you really need to please is God. When you please him, you'll do the right thing. Because as Brother Isaac prayed, when you're pleasing God, the way to please God is to use God's wisdom. God's wisdom will tell the husbands and the wives and the mothers and the fathers and the children of how to get along with each other during these times. And we all know that this virus they're saying is going to come back again and we'll be back in the same place. We were unprepared for this type of thing months ago, but we're going to be a prepared people in a prepared place if it shuts down again because we're going to allow the spirit, the gospel to teach us how to deal with one another. We're going to come from Galatians. Well, there's a Romans in Romans uh, uh, 13 and 14 is a, uh, is a scripture uh, uh, that, uh, that I really like. Romans 13 and 14. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. He's telling us, see, one of the things that we have to do, a household ought to be like Siamese twins. Is that what they call them? And they all dress alike. Well, every household ought to be like that. Every household, ought to, everybody in that household ought to be dressed alike. And so if everybody in that household is dressed alike, then they can uh, recognize each other. So if we all, if every household is dressed alike, and when they come to Christ Temple North, if every household is dressed alike, they look like us. And the reason that is, is because, okay, we're clothed with Christ. If all of us as church members are clothed with Christ, in other words, we need to undress, undress ourselves and, and put a new wardrobe on. And that wardrobe is Christ. And this is what we are about over here at Christ Temple North. We are about uh, 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 clothing ourselves as Christ. And this is what this message is about. Every household. We don't want no domestic violence in here or no abuse in children in here. We want love and peace in here. I'm talking about homes now. And the only way we can do that, Sister Gwen and I have to be a Siamese twins. We have to dress alike. And dress alike, not in the physical, but dress alike in the spiritual. That means that both of us are wearing Christ. We have clothed ourselves with Christ. Do you understand it? And see, wouldn't it be something if all Christians, all Christians, because we're talking to Christians today, not churchgoers, they won't understand it, but all Christians are to be clothed with Christ. Now, if more people would become Christians and more people would be clothed with Christ, we would have less of these issues going on. You understand? I'm just going to use the mask because we all stick hearing about uh, protests and riots and all that. This is a new thing. If uh, uh, this, the virus is going up again because people don't respect other people. You wear the mask so that you don't cause somebody else to get sick. So if you clothe with Christ and you have the spirit of Christ, when you put that mask on, you're saying, I'm not putting that mask on so much for me. I'm putting my mask on in case I have something that I could give somebody else. Well, when you clothe with Christ, other people come very important to you. So here we go. Yes, that is Colossians 3. We're going to start at verse 12 from the Passion. You are always and dearly loved by God. And so first of all, you're always, come on, you're always 
dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God. Yes, yes that's what he's saying. Robe yourself with the virtues of God. And the virtue of God is? To conform to standard of right, moral and ethical principles, moral excellence, goodness and righteousness, strength or courage, and beneficial quality or power. And so that is what it is. I'm going to have her to read it again real loud. Every member at Christ Temple North and Friends, when you clothe with Christ, when you clothe yourself with Christ, when you put on with Christ, you put on these things. Let's go with virtue first. The virtue is a very powerful thing. When I'm clothed with Christ, then that means I have what? His virtue, and that is? That is the moral and ethical principles. Of I, ha I have his moral and ethical what? Principles. Principles of Christ. Yes. See, that's, that, you hear me all the time talk. Walk as Christ, talk as Christ, think of Christ. The whole thing of it is I have my role model when I clothe. I want to dress like my role model, and my role model is Christ. So when I put on Christ, I have the virtues of Christ. And the virtues of Christ are, again, because we want to make sure we get this, we want this in every household. And it can't be in the household unless it's in the people. If it's in the people in the house, then these households wouldn't have all this abuse, period. Wouldn't have all this division, period. If America had this, we wouldn't have any of these problems, period. We have to put on Christ. It's not an ideal. It's a fact. All right? And virtues, again, is also moral excellence. Goodness. Moral excellence. Yes. Moral excellence. I love that. Moral excellence. All right, next. Goodness. Goodness. Righteousness. Righteousness. Strength. Strength. Courage. Courage. Beneficial quality and power. Beneficial qualities and powers. This is what happens to you when you put on Christ. When you put on, when you clothe yourself with Christ, these are the blessings that you get. Wouldn't this be a wonderful thing if everyone in this church, if every member in this church had this in their families? Before it can get into families, it's got to start the head, and we'll talk about that pretty soon. This is what we're looking forward to in this. In this. We're not trying to be like anybody. I love that song. You know, I want to be like Mike. You all heard that. I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Jesus. You know, I want to be like Jesus. And I want my wife to be like Jesus. And we will we'll walk together as Jesus. But we can't walk together as Jesus unless we both are clothed with Christ. I want this church to walk. We want to be Jesus people up in here. We want to be radical up in here. We want to be dressing like Jesus, not on the outside, but on the inside. And these are the qualities that we get when we are dressed and clothed with Christ. Right. All right. And as it says from the voice, to clothe yourselves with a holy way of life. So we want to clothe ourselves with a holy way of life. When we have Christ in our life, we are clothed ourselves with a holy way of life. We can't live a holy way of life in those old clothes. In other words, we need to take off the worldly clothes and put on the spiritual clothes. And the spiritual clothes is Christ. Take off all those worldly clothes, redress ourselves with Christ. Right. This is what we want. Then we can love each other, respect each other, and live with each other like we're supposed to live with each other. I'm talking to the church. That's right. All right? Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. So we have been divinely chosen to be holy. We are chosen to be holy. Right. Chosen to be holy. People say that I'm not this, I'm not that. No, 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 no. When you clothe Christ, you are all that. All right? And it says, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. That's what we have to do. Be merciful as we endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle, humble. These are the things that we, we got to be patient with one another. These are the things that I'm talking in households here. These are the things. Whatever happens in the house, one of the worst things there is, is some, somebody to come to church, and especially a lot of people, with titles in the church, but then go home and abuse their family or other people. What are they like? Uh, what are you like on Monday when you go to work? What do you talk about? What's your conversation? How do you treat people? When you put on Christ, then you treat people the right way. You treat people gentle. You're humble. You have to understand. And I've told people before, you know, I've done this message uh, many times years before. Sister, uh, Sister Gwen and I don't have disagreements. We just disagree sometimes. 
That's called opinions. She has an opinion, I have an opinion. We don't disagree about that. She's allowed to have an opinion. I'm allowed to have an opinion. But when we clothe on Christ, we get excited about it because sometimes her opinion outweighs my opinion and it makes more sense. Sometimes mine makes more sense than hers. When you got to Christ in, you won't have a division. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to do and whose opinion you need to go by. Because sometimes it's just that way. So two, two can't walk together unless they agree. Well, the Holy Spirit will cause us to come into agreement. But we can't have the Holy Spirit coming and talking to us unless we first born again. Once we born again and we put on Christ, there cannot be a division. And some people think it's something, when I told you all that we hadn't had an argument in 40 years, and she said, no, it's been longer than that. Well, what are we arguing about? There's no reason to argue. You see, sometimes you may have a misunderstanding, but there's no reason to argue because you've put on compassionate. You've put on, uh, I mean, you've put, uh, you have to sometimes understand others. Sometimes somebody is saying something, you need to listen to them, and I love to listen to people who have a different opinion than me because they're telling me why they believe that. And that educates me. All right, here we go. Also, unoffendable in your patience with others. Keep going, please. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. And this is what I like. Tolerate uh, others with uh, you know, other people in the family of faith. He says the family of faith. He's talking about the church, folks. He's talking about believers. He, he understood, Paul understood here, that there would be some, some disagreements and all that. There are weaker people. So some of the weaker people, we, we, we have to tolerate them because they're not where we're at. They're still on milk. We're trying to feed me just because you eat. You didn't start out eating meat. You started out on milk. And so why now all at once when you see somebody that's on milk that you don't want to be bothered with them? You tolerate them like somebody tolerates you when you was on milk. Just because you on meat now doesn't make any difference uh, where they at. What you do is you tolerate them and you talk with them and, 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 and you counsel with them and you pray with them so they can get off milk and get on meat like you are. And then once you get on meat, for you all to know, there's, a, and there's, there's some people called the elite. So there's always room for growth. All right, so we don't put down the weak. We don't put down the weak. We tolerate the weak. And that's those who are in the family of faith. Everybody's not at the same spiritual level in the church. Some people are still talking. I joke all the time and I say this. Some people are still talking barbershop talk. And you know, everybody in the barbershop talk. If you're into a black barbershop, I said a black barbershop, don't be tripping. You know, that, that is one of the fun places because you get to hear all kinds of stuff going on. You see, you know, from sports to whatever. And, and so some people, you would look at them, shake your head. You just, you just laugh because uh, they're at a different level than you are. Well, it's the same thing with church folks, you see. And I'll just use this. You see, some people you want to argue, is, uh, is Michael Jordan the greatest ball player that ever lived? Or, or Magic Johnson, whoever you go to, I call it a barbership talk. You go to there, uh, barbershop talk, you go to there, and you see uh, people arguing about this and that, and then it's fun and laughing. You don't go there to get into a deep spiritual conversation. Right. All right? <laughs> there are people that I can't talk to, you see. I have to tolerate them. My wife continually prays with me. She said, Johnny, it makes sense to, not Johnny, she called me John. She said, John, I'm like, what are they thinking? She said, John, it makes sense to them. And so sometimes I had to tolerate that, okay? Because that's where they're at. And the Bible tells us that. Oh, keep going. Forgive one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven. By and this Jesus is the tough Christ. one. It says, give, forgive one another. The Bible says, forgive one another like God forgave you. You ain't always been there. What gives us the right to say that we're a child of God and, and, and he forgives us of all our sins? Somebody does something for us and we can't forgive them. The Bible says we got to forgive one another. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? That's right. All right. And if you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. And if we find fault with someone, we release the same forgiveness for them. People want to react to what somebody else says. That's crazy. You see, nobody really knows you but you and the Holy Spirit. So if you find fault in somebody, you forgive them. You see, people don't know you. They'll say things about you and people will do things and, and all of this. People are still, we don't want to carry that stuff with us. We forgive, it frees us. It frees us from that. So we forgive them with the same gift that was forgiven for, by us. We can't forget that we are Christians 
And the Bible is written to Christians, and Christians live at a different standard than the world. Remember that. There was a time when we didn't have to forgive. We could get upset and, and have revenge, but we Christian now. Revenge says, the Lord says it is. You see, my job and my, my life that I've been clothed with Christ is to forgive That's right. and not carry that weight. All right, here we go. Verse 14, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. See, love, love will be supreme and it will flow through those virtues that we just got through reading. And love becomes the mark of true maturity. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. You people that can forgive and people that can be patient, people that are humble uh, uh, and people that are understanding, that shows their maturity. And the way to get there is through love. We can't say that sometimes we say it in church and, and some, probably shouldn't everybody, God loves you and so do I. Well, if you really love like God loves and you have that maturity that God has loved, then you're able to do these other things that we talked about because you're clothed with Christ. You cannot be clothed with Christ and not be the, the button. Everything that you put on has buttons usually. Well, the buttons are love. That keeps everything else together. All right? Let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one. The Bible says, let your heart be uh, of peace. Now, this is about the anointed one. When Jesus left, the thing that he says, I'm leaving now, and my peace I live, leave with you. He said, my peace I leave with you. When that's when he went on to heaven. He sent it into heaven. He says, but my peace I live with you. We ought to be living and in the midst of whatever it is. We ought to have peace. Because it's about peace. We ain't not, we talking about peace in your spirit, peace in your heart, peace in your soul. I'm talking about in these households here. There ought to be peace in these households, not a bunch of confusion and chaos. There ought to be a lot of love and peace. If there's love in your household and you, and you uh, clothed with Christ, there'll be peace in your household, not confusion and arguments and all that kind of stuff. All right? He called you to peace as part of his one body. So that's what we're supposed to have. No divisions. He called us as peace, one body. Right. You see? So the question is, is this going on in your household? Is this how your family's living? The church can't live like that unless the households live like that. You see, there are people who are show. But when the show's over, they go back to their old ways. We don't want that in here. We want you to be like this in your household. If you like this in your household, then we'll have a great church. All right? And tells us, and always be thankful. And, and always be thankful. There's one thing about it is when you have peace and you clothe with Christ and you have love around you and you have strong families around you and you get together and, and have dinners and barbecues and, and all of this kind of stuff, you're grateful. You see, we're grateful for each other. There's some people in this church I've been friends with for uh, 20, 30 years. I'm grateful for those people and I'm thankful for those people. I'm thankful for you all that's, uh, that come here. I'm thankful for the people that support this church and keeps it, keeps it moving, keeps the lights, the bills, all this stuff going on. I'm so grateful. I'm thankful for being the pastor of Christ Temple North. I'm, I'm thankful that being a husband of, and a father and a grandfather, a friend and all those things. I'm thankful for being an adopted father. I'm, I'm thankful for all of those things. And guess what? Yeah, it's a birthday coming up and I'm thankful. People said, you're getting older? Yeah, I'm thankful. Amen. You see, I'm getting older, but I ain't old. Right. All right. In verse 16, let the word of Christ live in you richly. So here's the problem. The word of Christ ain't supposed to be in your mouth. It's supposed to be living in you. Right. Some folk got a good mouth, and they talk it. It said, the word, so let the word of Christ live in you richly, flowing. It's got to be flowing and flowing you with wisdom, the wisdom that Isaac prayed about. Well, that's what it is. The word of Christ gives us, it makes us rich. And one of the great gifts the word of Christ gives us is wisdom. And it comes from the scriptures. And we, we, we teach from the scriptures. And we use the Psalms. We praise God. And, and sometimes the prophetic songs we we give and, and spontaneously by the Spirit to sing God. And it all comes from our heart. Mm -hmm. You see, uh, Maylin sung a beautiful song. Yes. A beautiful song. And that's how we praise him. Yes. Because you can't be clothed 
with Christ and not want to praise him. And that's why we praise him. All right, here we go. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. And let everything that comes from our lips be um, drenched with the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Should not, is that in your household? Is that the way husbands and wives are talking to each other? You're talking to your children, your brother, your siblings are talking to each other that way? It should be the beauty of the Lord should come through our mouths and penetrate to the hearts of the family members in our household. That's right. All right. Bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. And all of us, especially in Christ Temple North, all of us ought to be able to praise God and thank God for what Christ has done for us. I mean, we got people in the midst of, in the midst of this gig going on, this virus going on, getting new jobs. This young lady just got a new job. A new job. Didn't even have to cut, take a cut and play, pay, excuse me, cut and pay, got a new job. Congratulations. Thank you. In the midst of all this. You see, people are getting blessed in the midst of all this because we don't wait for the government to open up. Christ ain't never been shut down. And he's still blessing us. And that's how he blessed that child. You see, that's what we're about over here, Christ Temple North. We are Christians over here, and, and we are dressed in Christ over here. And so that makes, that makes a difference how we respond and react to anything else that's going on. All right? Now in verse 18, let every wife be supportive. Uh-oh. I've got to stop that. I've got to stop that before we get into the husband and wives. Let me tell you, some of you single people in here. And Sister Gwen and I are going to be using this a lot. I'm going to be looking right in there. If you are single and, uh, and you are in Christ, if you are deep in Christ, the person that will find you has to, find, has to get through Christ first. I'm going to say it again. Can I say it again, Brother Isaac? Yes. If you are looking for somebody is looking for you and you're looking for a relationship, if you are rooted deep in Christ, if you are rooted deep in Christ, the person can't find you or get to you till they get through Christ. If we would have that, we wouldn't have all these divorces going on. Don't get upset at me. We wouldn't have all of these divorces getting on because if people were in Christ, rooted deep in Christ, and they had to get through Christ to get you, the only people that can get through Christ to get to you are Christ-like people. Do you understand? That come from Maya Angelo. Uh, what's her name? Tell me. Maya Angelo. Should be in the scriptures. Amen. We ought to live like that. We don't want any divorces in here, and we want single people in here when they do get married to stay married. Don't y'all get upset that it's got a divorce because you didn't know this. And you probably wasn't deep in Christ yourself at the time. So, or you wouldn't got in that. So here's how it goes here, men. Men, men, single men. If you want a life and a great wife, then you get rooted deep in Christ, and she will have to find Christ before she finds you, before she can get to you. That's just powerful, powerful there. Because over at Christ Temple North, when we lock together in marriages and, and even friendships, we want them to be everlasting. And if it's anointed by Christ, it will be everlasting. Both people have to walk together. If both people are walking in Christ, then there can't be a disagreement. All right, that's pretty good stuff there. All right, now we'll talk about what the Bible says, all right? Because you can't do this, you can't live this life unless you've clothed yourself with Christ. All right? So again, let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband. Now, it says, let every wife, hey, be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband. Now, you want a Christian man to, to be devoted to. That's right. You want to, uh, to be supportive. Because if you don't, what's going to be, if it's one-sided, somebody's going to be abused. And so the only person that you want to be, ladies, that you want to be supportive and, 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 and devoted to as a husband, as a person that found you through Christ. Amen to that. Amen. Here we go. For this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. And so this is a, a beautiful, beautiful. This is beautiful, our devotion to Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes, because, you know, Christ calls himself 
uh, uh, the groom, and we're the bride. And he sacrificed for that. So he's looking for that. That should be, that should be the role model. You see, I'm not looking I'm not looking for anything. That's what you ought to be saying, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not looking for anything. I am rooted deep in Christ. And so anyone that finds me has to go through Christ first. So that means they got to get deep and rooted in Christ. Because if they're not deep and rooted in Christ, they can't get to where I'm at. Because Christ is not going to allow an abuser or a user, come on here, to get to me. Because they can't get through him. To get to me. Christ is only going to allow Brother Trevor, a Christ-like person, to get to a Christ-like person. He'll, he'll, he, it's too thick and it's too heavy for a non-Christian person, a non-believer, a person that doesn't have faith to get to. They can't get through Christ. Matter of fact, they can't even get to Christ. So if they can't get to Christ and they can't get through Christ, they can't get to me because I'm rooted deeply in Christ. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And that's what, and sometimes it takes longer than we think. But wait a minute, it's not as long as a lot of people have been going through one, two, 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 three, three, four, five folks to figure it out. That when you figure this out, you only have to figure it out one time. You see, it's not where other people are, even in friendships. It's not where other people are. It's where I am. If I'm clothed with Christ and I'm deeply rooted in Christ, I'm gonna have great friends. I'm going to have committed, dedicated friends. This is what we want in this church. We want church people in here rooted deeply in Christ. If you are rooted deeply in Christ and you come into this church and you sit in this church, you will be in a good place because you will be with other people that's rooted deeply in Christ and your wives will be safe, your husbands will be safe. You know, everybody's been safe. We'll support each other and, 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 and we'll get someplace that we've never been before. I've been on both ends. I know what I'm talking about. That's right. Okay, here we go. Now in verse 19, let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife. And uh, you can't cherish in love. When you have that cherishing love for your wife, you have, to robe put, you have to put Christ on. You have to put the robe of Christ on. And once you do that, you can't help but love. That's right. That's right. See, and, and, and then remember all those other things? I love this last part. Love and what? And, and never be insensitive toward her. And the Bible says our, the husband will never be insensitive toward his wife. The re, he's, because he is clothed, he's clothed with Christ. Therefore, he's, you know, he's got kindness and, and he's gentle. And he's all of these things. He's respectful. He has integrity. You see? But listen for me. If you can't do that. You got to get this done the Christ thing done before you get the marriage done. You got to get this thing done before you get the friendship done. You got to be this before you can receive this. Are you with me? All right. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything. And this is something you needed to uh, let the children. Let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. You all know that. It pleases God. When you allow your children to be disobedient, it doesn't please God. Christian husbands and fathers, Christians, wives and mothers, you better understand this. You better understand this. And you need to teach your children, not only you're doing this for your mother, but you're doing this for God. Husbands ought to do that and fathers. It ought to be that way. You understand, my children never disrespected their mother. First of all, I understood the gospel. And second of all, uh, I knew that the person that would be with me the longest would be my wife. So I wasn't going to let anybody disrespect her in this household. You understand? And so we need to clean some things up in the household. You know, see, things will not be cleaned up on the outside until we clean things up on the inside. We don't want any abuse. I keep saying that in this church. We don't want any abuse, child abuse. We don't want any uh, domestic violence in this church. We want people respecting and loving one another. You took that position as a husband. You took that position as a wife. You took that position as a father and a mother. Then when you clothe with Christ, is the only way you're going to please Christ is to be an excellent husband, an excellent wife, an excellent mother, and an excellent, and we use the word excellent, an excellent father, an excellent child. We used that up there earlier. This, these morals are excellent. The way to get there is to clothe yourself with Christ. That's right. 
All right. And to the fathers in verse 21, don't have unrealistic expectations for your children or else they may become discouraged. And there's a whole lot of children because they got fathers that's got unrealistic expectations on their children, wanting them to be something that they wanted to be themselves that they couldn't accomplish. And they got these expectations on their children. They've already picked out what they want their children to be, not Christian people. Christian people don't know that God's given your child the gifts. You don't know what, what he or she's supposed to be unless you're in the spirit. You close yourself with Christ. Christ will give you a prophetic message of what that child should do and what he's given that child is qualified to do. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Yes, this is good households. This is what we're about over here. We want our households to be good. Now, this goes beyond the household. It says uh, the household of faith. Now, we're talking about the household that you live in, but now we're also talking about the household of faith. Churches ought to not have a bunch of confusion and chaos if everybody in the church is clothed with Christ. Some people are coming in. They haven't got it yet, but they'll see how we dress. Then they'll eventually want to know how we dress, and we'll introduce them to Christ. They'll get saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they'll take off their worldly clothes, and they'll put on their spiritually clothes, and they can walk as we walk in Christ. All right? Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer. And see, this thing goes to work for the employee or the employer. When, when we go to work, a lot of people, let me, I hear people all the time talk about the first two or three weeks. Uh, Sister Lana, they be talking about God blessed us with this job. Come on here. If God blessed you with this job, you ought not have any hard time getting there on time and putting in your time doing the work because you're doing this to please God. A good employee understands that they are working for God because God has blessed them with a job. You see, it doesn't matter how many people around you doesn't have it. It's not about who around you, what they're talking about and their gossip. It's about who you are. Because you, if you're a robe of Christ, then some of that backbiting, undermine, lying, all that other stuff can't penetrate. Because right. it can't penetrate through Christ. Right. All right? You don't get emotional about what other people think about you. Because what they think about you doesn't penetrate. The only person that really knows you is Christ. And when you got yourself robed with Christ, they can throw all those fiery darts at you, but they can't penetrate Matter of fact, they'll turn around and go back at them because the Lord says, revenge is mine. All right? So listen and follow, not just when their employers are watching and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. We're faithful in what? All things. And ain't nothing on the other side of all. We're faithful in all things. We want to we glorify God in our life. All right? For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord And God. that's the way I'm trying to live. I'm working on that. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And I love this uh, next scripture. There, there. I love it when people really mean it. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. I love that. I love that. You see, there are athletes that play the game for the glory of God. They are, yes, they are. They, Mike Smith was a, a played third base for, uh, for uh, Philadelphia. You all remember because in the 70s. And they was in the World Series, and a ball came at him, and uh, he made an error, and it caused him to lose. Well, then they came back, and uh, they won a World Series, and he was MVP. And Howard Cosell, for you old people in there, was talking to him. He says, well, how, how does it feel to come from uh, the goat to the hero. And he looked at him and said, didn't bother me in one way or the other. I play this game for the glory of God. That's right. I love it when I watch the athletes that truly, and there's a whole lot of good Christian athletes, a whole lot of good, strong Christian athletes, and they take it personal because they know that God has given them the talent and the ability to play the game, and so they play that for his glory. You understand? There's lawyers that way, doctors that way. Yes, there's people in business areas that way. They do that job, uh, Brother Kirsten, because they're doing it for the glory of God. Yeah, there are preachers that way, pastors that way. They do it for the glory of God. They don't care if they get an applause. They don't care if they get an amen because they're doing it for the glory of God. And there are good parents, good parents 
good parents, and they're raising their children, and they're doing everything they can to give their children an opportunity to be successful because they call their children not their children. They call their children a gift from God, and so they're doing everything they can to give their children an opportunity to be successful, and they're working hard for those children because they love their children because God has blessed them with their children, and they're doing it for the glory of God. And that's what we want to be over here at Christ Temple North. All right? We want to come into church and support our church. And yeah, we're excited about getting here because we know that the Bible says, don't forget to assemble yourself together. That's the scripture. And we want to come to church and we want to praise God. We come in here to praise God and we do it for the glory of God. There are singers. Some people are uh, entertainers and they love to entertain and they get paid a lot of money for entertaining. And then there are other people who are singing for the glory of God. They're not looking for applause. They're not looking for standing ovations. They want, they're looking for God to smile upon them, and they smile back at him because they know that God gave them that voice, and they're doing it for the glory of God. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. There are people who come in here, and I won't mention their names. They don't need, they cut the grass. They clean bathrooms. They clean the bushes. They do stuff in here. They vacuum in here. They do a lot of things in here. They don't ask for anything. They don't even ask for me to thank them. And they all say, oh, we do this for the glory of God. And that's the way, that's the way we want to live here. We want to live our household. You know, that one guy, we went up there, that guy's treating his wife right. He cherishes her and he loves his wife. And he's, he's, he's really sensitive toward her because he's doing it for the glory of God. And vice versa, she's doing it for the glory of God. Are y'all with me in here? Amen. All right, here we go. We ended up. Again, putting your heart and soul into every activity, though as you are doing it for the Lord himself, and not merely for others. And see, people, nobody cares. I don't know why nobody cares. You shouldn't care what anybody ever thinks about you. If you're doing it for the glory of God, that satisfies you. You don't have to look for satisfaction outside of anything other than doing it for the glory of God. If God is pleased with how I live my life, if God is pleased with what I'm doing with my life, I'm happy with that. You don't need an audience. You don't need an audience. You may have an audience, but you don't need an audience. We do this in here with sometimes six people. If you don't call staff, we don't, we only, we don't do it with anybody. Everybody's staff in, in here. There's six or seven people in here, and we're excited about They're excited about being at the back. They're excited about the cameras. They're excited about coming into solo. They're excited about reading. I'm excited about giving this message because I do it for the glory of God. Right. Amen to that. All right? For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord. See, our rewards come from the Lord. We serve the Lord. We know that God is going to bless us. Our inheritance is going to come from the Lord. Our blessings are going to come from the Lord. Sister Cozy, you understand what I'm talking about? The situation and what you're doing, God is going to bless you. That's my buddy, Sister Cozy. And he, the glory is going to come from him. You may not even get a thank you. You may not even get a, 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 a you done good, but your glory will come from God. As long as I'm pleasing God, and as long as my glory comes from the God, I got a bigger artist than people. You see? Because the unseen host is praising God. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I've heard preachers say it, and I didn't understand it until now. They'd preach to the unseen host. That means they could preach to an empty building, but the angels of God would hear them. I'm, I'm doing this for the glory of God. All right, I'm sweating now, y'all know it. Do not like to sweat. Here we go. <laughs> we serve the Lord Yahweh. We serve the Lord Yahweh, and we're using that God sense. That's right. Yahweh's got a lot, lot of meaning to it. Go ahead with the rest of the meanings to it. Almighty. God is Almighty. Godhead. The Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And Supreme Being. My Heavenly Father. Yeah. The Anointed One. The Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And once we get that, we please Him. When God smiles on us, He blesses us. That's right. All right, here we go. Last scripture. The last one says, a disciple will be repaid for what he or she has learned and followed. So what we, have, what we have learned today, we will be repaid for what we have learned today, and that is some better households, some excellent households, some great church members, and some great Christian men and women. That's, right. That's going to be our reward. That's right. 
if we put this, if we put this into practice what we've learned today. All right? And for God pays no attention to the titles or prestige of men or women. God ain't into the titles and prestige of men and women. He's only, the only way to please him is to praise him, to worship him, to be obedient to him, to live the life that Christ would have us to live. That's what we're about over here at Christ Temple North. We want to please God. And anybody in agreement said? Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we come, first of all, we want to thank you for the, it's not a challenge. People that are challenged are living on the outside. People that get challenged in life, they're living in earthly clothing. But we are clothed with God. We have put that earthly garment to side, and we've allowed the Holy Spirit to cover us with Christ. And when we are covered with Christ, there's no such thing as a challenge. The victory is already there. We're going to be victorious as husbands, as God men, God women, as husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, children, church members. We will be just awesome people. We'll be great people because greater is he that is in us than is he that is in the world. Let everybody in the sound of my voice get it. Get it and let us go and live at a higher standard. And if there's anyone, anyone that's heard me this morning that does not have the covenant of Christ, I'm asking you right now to just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I give my life to you. I repent of all my sins, and I want to take you as my personal Lord and Savior. And I'm sorry for anything that I've ever done. And I repent of those things. And I ask you to come into my life and be the center of my life. And I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I want to be clothed with Christ. This is my prayer for you. And all in agreement said, amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow.